Hello, and welcome to Love's Curriculum. I am your host, Jenny Hogg Ashwell, and your guide on this journey to awaken to the love that connects all. As a bridge for the High Council, which includes Jesus, the Archangels, and other light teachers, I look forward to joining with you to uncover your soul's divine purpose and ignite love in the world. It is time to join in the awakening. Hello, I'm your host, Jenny Hogg Ashwell, and this is Love's Curriculum, where together we remember love and our soul's divine purpose. Welcome to the show. I am grateful that you are here. I am grateful to be here with you. I've been describing this opportunity where we come together in love and connection that this show is and that this time is together. I've been describing it as my church, like getting to be here in togetherness, in bringing to the forefront this idea of love and our highest soul self expressing here and being guided by angels and loved ones and the high council that we are still souls in these human bodies. And as such, we are still connected to this amazing team of beautiful, loving mentors, guides, um, ascended masters, angels, our highest self, the divine him herself, as we navigate this human journey. And especially as we make this shift, this awakening that is happening here from fear to love on our planet. And so I am so excited to be here and so grateful to be here with you. Today on the show, we are going to look at rewriting old stories that we don't belong. And I'll share how I've done that and how you can too. And also about how it's so important that we do this now, that we align with the truth that you belong, you matter, your light is important here during these seemingly crazy times that we are living in. If you are tuning in for the first time, this show comes out of my book, Love's Curriculum, Messages of Enlightenment, which I did scribe for a spiritual group of guides called the High Council. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it at Barnes & Noble online, Balboa Press online. You can go into your bookstore and get it if you're interested in knowing all the places you can get it. So you can go into your bookstore to the in-store kiosk and they can order it in. Or you can also go to lovescurriculum.com forward slash book and find out about getting a free signed copy from me. So this show, us coming together, us talking about love, remembering our soul's purposes, this was not something I've always been doing. I wasn't always a spiritual mentor, a messenger, or a scribe. 
In fact, I originally worked as a lawyer years ago now, and I did leave that career to follow what my soul was here to do, to realign with what my highest self was here to do. And I realized on my very first job, or very first day of my first job as a lawyer, that being a lawyer was not actually why I was here. I remembered that. And so three years later, I made that shift and left. And it's been this aligning with my highest self, remembering who I am, has been a long journey, a continuing journey. And a lot of it for me has been around remembering that I belong here and that who I truly am belongs here. Because as you'll see soon, I'm going to share how I put on masks and roles that I thought I needed to be to fit in, hiding who I really was. And so it's been a journey to reclaim that. And I hope in sharing my journey here today and, and what I've learned that I can inspire you wherever you are on that journey of being truly who you are here to be and shining your light, that I can inspire you to continue and to remember how important you are. How important you are no matter where you are on that journey, whether you're still living in a bunch of masks or you're more fully transparent and out there is who you are. All of it's important and you are right here, right now at this moment, just where you're meant to be. And I am so glad you are. So before we dive in, I'm going to set an intention for our time together. Do a prayer of surrender. And so I'll do that now. This is something I learned from uh, those who've gone before me, speakers that I saw, who really touched me, how they would surrender so that all of this comes from the heart and comes from our highest good. And so I ask now to be guided by spirit here, to have the Holy Spirit move through me to you and amongst us, that we surrender this time to the highest good of all and in the name of love. And so it is. When I was 10 years old, my parents sat my little brother, Dan, and I down on the couch. And by the look on their faces, I knew our life was about to change. They told us that we were moving, moving from Carmichael, California, a small town near Sacramento in Northern California, all the way across the country to Fairfax County, Virginia. In fact, they were so excited to share because our dad, my dad, had got a great new job with a congressman. So here we were not only moving to Virginia, but we'd be right near Washington, D.C. And he was working for a congressman. They were so excited about the adventure. 
I remember, though, worrying about our animals, our pets. I think that was my first thought. What about my cat, Daisy? She was this beautiful white and gray fluffy cat with these big blue eyes. She slept with me every night. I even gave her a birthday card for my birthday when I turned seven. I couldn't imagine life without her. And there was BJ, our black cat, and Figaro, the gray one. Both had been strays who had found their way to us. And then, of course, there were the two dogs, Abby and Sam. And Sam had been with me since I was two years old. And so those animals were a huge part of our life. And I remember thinking, ah, are they coming? Are they coming to you? And my mom said, yes, 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 they're coming, they're coming. And so I felt more at ease. We were all going to move, including our three cats and two dogs. So I said goodbye to my fifth grade class in California. It was the middle of the fifth grade year. And I remember this was this was sad. And the class was amazing. They threw me a huge surprise going away party. I remember for some reason I got this call, Jenny, go down to the office. And so I went and left class and went to the office and I there was something they wanted to do because I was moving. and But when I got back up, I realized it was just an excuse because there was this huge party in the classroom for me. There was a big banner that all of the people had signed. And I remember it felt like a big class, probably 25 to 30 of us. And that was because it was a class for what in California at the time they called gifted learning or students who had scored well in IQ and tests and we were called gifted education and gifted students and so the school had put together this amazing classroom and it was my first the first year of it so I had gotten to be in this fifth grade class and it did it felt like I was with all of my peers people who loved school like me and we did these great fun mind challenges and we went on awesome field trips to Yosemite National Park and I remember there were three boys who all liked me. I felt loved. I felt a part of things there. But I had to say goodbye. And we set off in our red Volvo station wagon. And it was January. And we began the drive out to Virginia, a week-long drive all across the country. The two dogs were in the way back of the station wagon and Beasley, my pet rat, was in a little traveling cage on my lap. The three cats had been flown out earlier and the congressman, bless his heart, was actually keeping our three cats in his apartment in Washington, D.C. for us until we could arrive. <sighs> and arrive we did Again, in the very middle of school, January, fifth grade. And I remember that first day of school. It was a tiny little school in a tiny little rural town in Fairfax County, Virginia. A tiny school where all the kids knew each other and had been there since 
kindergarten. And here I come in one day in the middle of fifth grade, this girl from California. And what I remember from that first day was gym class. And I remember the gym teacher, I think his name was Mr. Oh, what was it? Clayton or Clinton, Mr. Clinton, I think. And he had this crazy kind of Afro hair and big mustache as was the case in 1980, which year, or just 1981 was when all this was happening. And he had that whistle around his neck and we, we were all lined up. But I remember I was looking around and all the other kids had on gym attire. And I was the only one, only one wearing my regular clothes. And he pointed me out and he said, hey, you need to dress for gym. And I just remember that moment. Like for me, maybe it was innocent for him, but for me, I just felt like all eyes went on to me. And boy, I was different. I had made a mistake. I didn't know you had to wear those gym clothes. The first very awkward moment of that first day of school. And then there were the questions. People were pretty excited at first. Hey, this new girl from California. And they said, hey, you're from California. You must surf and go to the beach every day. And then I had to tell them and inform them, well, no, I, California is this big state and I come from Northern California from this little town and we're three hours from the ocean and the ocean in Northern California is cold and you don't swim in it. And I just remember the looks on their face were confused, a little let down. Oh, okay, you're not that kind of California girl. And then there was the difference that at the small school, they didn't have that gifted class, gifted education. So what they did have was this really small once-a-week program. And there were about five to eight of us from the whole school, the whole elementary school, that were selected for this. And so it meant being called out of class. I remember the teacher would say, Jenny, time to go to your gifted class. And I just remember the kids probably calling it like the smart class or there was just that element of teasing and again, being different than being selected out. It sure didn't feel fun and good anymore to be in that gifted class. Although I still loved the learning that I got to do, that felt so true. I felt like all eyes were on me and I was different. And then there was the day where I answered a question our teacher asked. I remember, don't remember her name, but I remember my sixth, fifth grade teacher had this black hair and it was pulled back in a bun. And she asked a question. And I raised my hand and she said, okay, Jenny, back, back then you stood up to answer the teacher's question. And so I stood up and I answered. And then I remember I, as I went to sit, boom, I hit that floor hard and it hurt. The pain went up from my tailbone, up my back. I was shocked what had just happened. Well, the boy sitting behind me and thought it would be funny 
to pull my chair out as I was answering the question. And to me, it was a sign again, hey, the smart girl answering the question, let me pull her chair out. I remember all the kids laughed. Oh, and I was trying not to cry. And the teacher, she got so worried and she said, it's not funny. Are you hurt? Are you hurt? She was concerned, but everyone else thought it was a joke. And I was the brunt of it. And I remember deciding then and there that that wasn't going to happen again. I didn't like this feeling of being teased. I didn't like a feeling of not that I didn't belong. And so I decided that I would fix it. Luckily, I did not decide to give up on who I was to the extent of failing classes or not doing well. I kept that. I kept being the good student and loving learning as I did and challenging myself. There was some greater force that that was a part of who I needed to be in the world. But what I did do was change anything else about me that would make me not fit in. I made it my goal if I need to change my hair, if I need to change my clothes, but I'm going to get to know those popular kids too because then I wouldn't get teased as much if I was friends with them. So I gave up my less popular friends. I still feel sad about that because I had fun with those friends. I could be me. But something in that small 10-year-old yeah, brain said, nope, nope, you got to survive here. And I was good at it. It worked. Suddenly I was friends with the two most popular girls and these three boys and we all hung out. But the problem was I still didn't feel like I fit because I wasn't being me. I was being this version, this fake version, this role. I was liking what they liked. I also became this like total people pleaser. And they teased me a little bit about it. Like, oh, you just like what we like. But I just thought, I just have to like what they like so they'll like me. And so again, I, I lost who I was. And even though on the outside now I looked like I belonged and people weren't teasing me for being smart anymore and I had the, the right friends, again, on the inside, I didn't feel like I belonged because if they really knew who I was, they'd be laughing at me again. They just liked this version of me, this, this fake. And that continued on. That became my way of operating and seeing the world. I don't belong. I'm going to change who I am. I got to hide who I am to fit in. And really, until I was 48 years old, I thought I had to hide who I am to fit in. 48. Now, granted, there's been layers of this. I've been releasing this feeling that I don't belong for years, and I've been working on it. But truly, really, it just hit me now, this year, 48 years old. Oh, I don't have to hide who I am to fit in. I belong as me. And if you can relate to any of this, and I think most of us can, to this feeling of not belonging, you may have your own version of it. You don't belong because you don't look the right, you don't have the right clothes, you don't have the money, 
you're not smart, you are smart, um, you're gay, you don't earn enough, you live in the wrong house, the wrong neighborhood, uh, you're just weird, you're different, you like different things than everybody else, your hair is wild and crazy and you just can't get it to do what other people's hair does. Like there's a million ways we could say we don't belong. And so I think it is a universal human thing that we think we don't belong. It's part of that ego self that gets developed when we come here. And then what happens is something happens, like the boy pulled the chair out from under me, or you get laughed at or bullied, and we use it as evidence. And we say, oh, see, I don't belong. Who I am doesn't belong. So it's almost like we're, we're wired to find that. The other ones are, I'm not worthy or I'm not enough. I think for all of us, to some extent, they can play there. But the important thing to remember is one, it's just a story and an old one. The story that I didn't belong, that I made that story up in that moment when they laughed at me or didn't know who I was from California or they pulled the chair out from under me. The story I made up that I don't belong when I moved from one school to the other. That was a perception, a story that I made up. Because all that had really happened was that I moved schools. That I had the wrong clothes on that day in gym class. That he pulled the chair out from under me. I didn't even ask him. Maybe he did it because he had a crush on me. Boys do silly things like that. Now, if I'd made it mean that he had a crush on me, it might have been a whole different story then I developed, hey, I'm liked. But no, it fed for me the story that I don't belong. But again, it's just a story. It's a perception of what happened. You may have made a different story up about yourself, a different belief. But it's what we do as human beings. It's what we do as children in particular. So we, something happens and we naturally make it mean that there's something wrong with us. Now, studying counseling psychology, I learned that that's partly because, or all because our brains aren't even developed to logically think that there could be something outside of us that's causing this. We are self-centered in a way at that growing stage in our psyche. And so we naturally say, what is it with me that's wrong? And then to survive, we say, well, what do I need to become? What do I need to change about me so that I don't feel that way again? So it's human. We've all done it. But the good news is that we can undo it. You made the story up. Now, again, I'm not saying that things didn't happen. Yes, they did. But do you see how it's different? There's what happened. And yes, there was trauma. And when we made things mean that we don't belong or that we're not loved and we made those things up, it hurt and it's caused wounds. But ultimately it's a choice and it's a story and you can let it go now. <sighs> it's time. But it is a process. It's a choice to write a new story. It's a choice to let it go. And it's a process. There's, years that you've adapted and put on these roles and masks. And so it's a process to let them go. 
Therapy is a great way when there's healing and feelings and trauma to be released around events and around these beliefs that we made up. Meditation is also good because it connects you. It begins to connect you with your soul, with the true you. And it brings inner peace. It calms our mind so that we can begin to notice where we're judging ourselves or thinking we don't belong. We can shift that. So with affirmations and new thoughts, lots of tools, lots of ways to make that journey. And as I see it, it's when we step into our highest self and our soul's purpose, it's, it's a revealing of who we really are. But we've just put through life, through being human, we put these barriers up, what I call barriers to love. And it's a process to let them go. And it's a choice because that story, whatever it is we made up, I'm not lovable, I don't belong, any of that is just a story. It's not the truth. The truth of each one of us is that we are worthy, we are enough, and we do belong. You are a child of God, of the divine, of the universe. You can't not belong. You just can't. And so it's important that we remember, not only do we belong, but we all those unique things about you belong here. They're what is being called for. And that as you let go of those roles and those masks and the ways you adapted and shine more and more who you are is perfect for what is needed in your life and needed in the world at this time. It's a lot of what Love's Curriculum, the book and the messages are calling us to do is to remember who you are and to let the rest fall away and to show up shining who you are in the world because the world needs your love and your light. It needs the way in which you're called to heal and to let go of what the ego loves. The ego loves when we're in masks and roles and we're hiding our light and we're feeling that we don't belong and we're not worthy. The ego loves that. It wants to edge God out. And so when you claim instead the truth, that's what the world needs. Because when we're living in those masks and those roles, we're in fear. You're bracing yourself. You're protecting yourself. And the world needs our love, not her fear. So it's important to remember that you belong and to come home to that. So we're going to take a, a little short break with just some nice music as I get ready to read from Love's Curriculum. And this is actually Chapter 2, and it is called Belief and Belonging. And we'll be right back.
Welcome back. I'm Jenny Hogg Ashwell, and this is Love's Curriculum, where together we remember love and our soul's divine purpose. And we are looking at the importance of remembering that you belong. You're important here. You matter here. And so we're going to read from, I'm going to read from chapter two in Love's Curriculum, the book that I scribe for the High Council, the group of spiritual beings who includes Jesus and the archangels and other light teachers who are here to remind us how much we belong and that our light is important and to help us align with our soul's highest purpose here and to be that love in the world and to let go of the fears and the untruths that we don't belong or we're not worthy. And so again, this is chapter two from Love's Curriculum. It's titled Belief and Belonging. And this was Archangel Ariel who came through for this chapter. I remember the energy of the voice, the being coming through who I learned or identified as Archangel Ariel was so loving and it surrounded me with a sense of peace and belonging. And so I invite you to close your eyes even as I read and just let the words surround you. And let's make a wish or an intention, a prayer as I begin to read that these words, this connection here will bring to you a new breakthrough in knowing that you belong and that you're important here and that your light matters. All right. Here we go. Belief and belonging go together. They are both the wings of an angel. Oneness and faith is another way you can put it. To experience the love, you must remember that you belong, that you are a child, that all of you are children of the universal oneness. Those who remember first will join the university, and we will speak to you more of this later. We provide a quiet nudging in your heart that helps you awaken, remember, stir the memory of belonging to oneness, and thus stirring the fires of belief, belief in God and oneness and belonging to the greater whole those who are remembering will want to join and study at the university. They are waking up to their place in the whole. They will feel it gently in their hearts as a gentle stirring that is gently awoken on such a deep, subtle level. It is like it is a homing beacon or a flame, a light that will be lit and draw to its source for comfort and reunion. It is in this way that they will join again in union with the source of all love and light, with God and all his beings of love and light that make up the whole entirety of love and the world. The word, which is like a greater world, a world that is not just of earth. The world of God is the word I am. It resonates behind it all as Om. 
But even the vibration of Om is just a manifestation of form as well. Coming from the formless, from the formless, violet, white, swirling light of peace, home, and love. It starts with everyone belonging and knowing they belong, no matter who or what color or look or belief. And thus, it creates an earth and world of peace. It creates peace on earth. And during this presence and time of peace on earth, all know that they belong and all believe in the light and love of God and the expansive connection to it all. And each person and being remembers his or her true place in this whole and feels at home. They know they belong and they have belief in God. This will present a time when all have faith and courage and motivation and actions of love. Actions of love that will begin to coil and curl and spiral out and out into the world. Coming back multiplied. It will usher in a new level of love and connection among people. We are always in the background helping with love and acceptance of self and then others. We, includes myself, Archangel Ariel, and the elemental beings that I work with closely and the higher light beings that are associated with me. We are the gentle light beings. We speak of gentleness to you and your soul. There are those that help with more active love. We are the ones who you find in the stillness offering gentle, still, accepting love. Love for self and other, and that creates a world of peace. Listen in the stillness for us, and listen to hear your heart light ignited, that memory that you are love and belonging, ignited toward reunion with the one, the beloved. And so that was all of chapter two. And just invite you to take a big breath in this space that we've created here as we've heard these true words of belonging and the importance of what happens on the earth when we all belong and believe in oneness and God and the divine source whatever name, term for the divine works for you. And so today I want to go right in to connecting with the High Council here for you now and bringing through messages and entering into that stillness that was just spoken of where you can find peace and belonging and find that connection to your soul. I can feel it here in the room now. This is peace. Ah, maybe a sigh of relief, letting yourself just melt into that peace that you belong. And so to help us relax into the space and what I call ground with both heaven and earth, so that we're grounding to earth and opening to heaven to enter into the stillness and to 
open the heart and the mind to receive the words and the messages and the connection of the high council as I bring them through, we're going to do a little practice or invite you to join me in this five minute or so grounding exercise as we enter again more and more into this love and peace, this ocean of love that says and speaks to you that you belong. You belong. You could not not belong because you are love itself. And everyone is unique and different and we all belong. So closing your eyes if they're not already closed and planting your feet squarely on the ground. If you're sitting cross-legged, just focusing on where your bum meets the ground at that first chakra. Otherwise, if you're sitting in a chair, uncrossing your legs and both feet planted firmly on the ground. And again, this is an experiential process. So if you're driving listening to this, you may have to wait to do this part later. But still, allow yourself to join along in the way that you can and that's safe. But if you are where you can, close your eyes. Do so. Feet on the ground. And placing your hand on your heart. So the heart center, the heart chakra, in the center of your chest. And take a few breaths into the heart. And out. And in and out. Good. And in and out. And then we're going to take a big breath in and on the exhale, I want you just to release anything that's still lingering, that's occupying your mind. Maybe it's thoughts, what are we doing? I don't know about this. Maybe it's thoughts of your day or what's going on in your life. Just to let them go on the exhale. So big breath in. And out. Good. And another big breath in and releasing on the exhale. Any thoughts of what you have to get to next in your day or evening? Big breath in. And out. Good. And then focusing on those feet. Noticing where they touch the floor. And then imagining or intending, sending roots out the soles of your feet, down, down, down into Mother Earth. Allowing these roots to grow from the soles of your feet and to go through the floor, floors, begin to spread out and to travel wherever they want to on the planet, within the planet. trusting wherever they seem to want to go and if you're not don't know or see or have a sense of it that's okay too just know that with your intention you're sending and acknowledging this connection to mother earth this grounding and nurturing connection and then letting those roots come to stop to anchor maybe they wrap around a rock Good. And now here we ask Mother Earth, Divine, Creator, all that is, God's source, to send up any Earth energies that we're needing today, that you're needing 
just trusting, asking that those earth energies be now sent up from Mother Earth herself up through the roots. It's traveling now up through the soles of your feet, up through your legs, up into your belly, and moving all the way up into your heart center and placing your hands there again if they're not and beginning to breathe into the heart and out. And with each breath, the energies that are flowing up are radiating out now from your heart to fill your entire body, filling every nook and cranny with each breath from the heart out. And then they're going out even farther into this energy, this auric field that you are as well. Good. And now draw attention to the top of your head, to your crown chakra. And let's ask that it be open. Again, your intention is powerful. Ask and intend that this point on the top of your head be open. Open to divine love. Open to God, to source, the universe, to all that is, to all that is good, to your highest self, to loving angels and guides that work with you. Opening to just pure, highest form of love and light. And asking that that channel be open and clear. Letting any angels, especially the cherubim and seraphim, come and clear anything that's in the way. In the way of knowing that you belong. That you are loved and loved knowing that you are divinely connected and guided. You belong to this wholeness with all its love and connection and guidance. So letting all of that come now down through the top of your head, like a white, golden, shining light coming down through the top of your head, down through your face and your throat and into your heart. And where it begins to swirl with the earth energies that are still coming up, swirling together. Again, breathing with your hand on your heart, breathing in and out and in and out. Good. As this energy swirl and the earth and heaven energies now fill your entire body while feeling expanded and anchored. Letting it fill every nook and cranny and extending out into your auric field. Good. And here I ask that each of your divine soul teams, so the angels and the guides and the guardian angels, any important teacher, spiritual teacher in your life, be close. Jesus. close in your room there Archangel Michael whomever you wish to call to feel them there with you making it safe reminding you that you belong that you're connected and here I now am going to open and ask that the high council draw near I ask that you 
continue. I've already felt your presence here today and through the book and the messages that you come through me now to the group. And I ask that my guides and angels that work closely with me, that you help me be a clear conduit, a clear channel for this, these messages, this connection, that I may step aside and allow all of your divine grace to come through. And I ask that it be in the highest good of all and the highest good of each one of us here listening and in the name of love. And so it is. Dearest, beloved ones, ah, we come to you. Breathe us in and sigh of relief. Allow yourself to relax into our love, into Divine Mother's love into Divine Father God's love. Allow yourself to be witness to this connection. Allow your higher self to be present, to guide the human you, to allow the human you to open to new levels here, new levels of belonging. Allow your highest self that highest self that knows it is a one with us here, that knows it is loved, loved by Jesus, loved by Buddha, Mother Mary, whomever source of divine love is symbolized within for you, whomever you touch that knowing of divine love, and your divine beingness with whatever spiritual teacher, whatever spiritual religion, whatever name, trust it now. We call on it because God, the divine, embraces all, is bigger than all names. And so for Jenny, we know that we work closely with her and through the divine and divine mother and Jesus and the archangels. And we are connected as well, the high council with Buddha and the teachings of the ancients and the Hindu teachings, the Muslim teachings, all of that, all of those masters sit in one place, one ohm, all belonging, showing that all belong, all faiths, and so trust your own unique way of connecting here with that higher self, with that knowing, with that teacher who tells you and you know that you are loved, that you belong just as you are, unconditionally loved. And tap into that connection and that higher part of you that knows this connection and then allow that you to look upon the human you, the more human aspects, perhaps the little child aspects within you that feel they don't belong, that feel hurt. And let the divine 
teacher, master, guide, love, or angel, love that you, with you, with your higher self as well. Let your higher self love those parts of you. Bring your divine self to your human self, for integrating them is about belonging. Bringing love to all those scared and hurt and fearful parts is about belonging, that all of you belongs, all of you is loved. All of you, this human you belongs within the oneness, the wholeness beyond form. It finds itself as an expression within this wholeness, this oneness. And just allow yourself to breathe in this place. And here now we invite you to ask for the help of your divine the divine being, the divine guide that is with you, divine teacher. Be it God, source, universe, creator, Jesus. Shakti, Lakshmi. Again, we honor any form that is connecting with you here now. Be who you are in your connection, your flavor of connection. And ask that this divine being help you love and heal and embrace the human you and declare from your highest self, your commitment and your declaration of belonging, that you belong, that you're worthy, that you're enough, and your commitment to work with the parts of you, to help bring them along, the parts that don't feel that, that feel wounded again, that you will help them heal and adjust and shift as you declare now that you are stepping forward in belonging belief in the divine, in the divine child that you are. And we sing praises on high for this holy moment. And know that we go forward with you, we, the High Council, with you. Should you wish to connect further with us, as you make this journey and we welcome you home to belonging to your highest self to this integration of your highest self and human expression belonging together with yourself with the divine with the other beings you share the planet with the other souls who are on a journey as well belonging at home, to do it all. And so it is. <sighs> all right. I'm just letting go of that connection. Coming back, I invite you to slowly open your eyes if they're still closed. 
Ah, there we go. I'm just setting aside right now any judgment, criticalness, trying to sort what out what just happened, any of that. I have that going on too as I bring through the messages. I have that little voice saying, what's going on? Is this right? Is this wrong? Just trust. That's, that belongs here too. Just accept and embrace it. It's all good. It's just a part of the mind that likes to throw up interference. And you can choose to let it go here now. And just allow to notice what you feel from that experience. Do you feel more connected, more at peace, that you belong? I sure know you belong here. And I'm so glad that you joined me here today as we gathered in this time to remember love and our soul's divine purpose. And if you would like to continue to connect with me uh, there's a huge loves curriculum community, many ways to connect. So if you go to the website, lovescurriculum.com, there's also the book you can order from there. There are the monthly divine connection circle program classes, mentoring with me. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. So many ways to stay in touch as we have two weeks until our next time together. And as well, you can find this episode and all others as podcasts on your favorite podcast app if you wish to listen again. All right. Well, I celebrate that we came here together in the truth of our belonging. And I send you off with that love from my heart to yours. Take care. Tune in bi-weekly to Love's Curriculum for more inspiration and guidance from the High Council. And in the meantime, visit online retailers to purchase Love's Curriculum Messages of Enlightenment. If you are wanting additional support and to join with fellow lightworkers and love advocates, then connect with me, Jenny Hogg Ashwell, on Facebook by requesting to join my private group, Lightworkers and Love Advocates. There, I offer a loving, inspiring, supportive environment to help you step into your light and shine. And if you are ready to make this your year to truly discover and live your soul's divine purpose, visit lovescurriculum.com to learn about the path of love, live your divine purpose, a 90-day mentoring program in which I help you gain the clarity, connection, and courage to shine. I look forward to connecting with you.